0: In the year of the primal force, from the dawn of terrestrial birth, man mastered the mammoth and thought, and man was the lord of the earth. He made him an growth skin from the heart of holy tree. He compassed the earth therein, and the man was the lord of the sea. He controlled the vigorous steam. He harnessed the lightning for fire. He drove the celestial team of man. Good afternoon, good evening, good whatever, good whomever, good however I may find you. This is Alan Averill. This is episode 43 of Agitators Anonymous. And how are we doing? Well, if you are coming to episode 43 looking for concise and focused analysis of the world that we live in, well, you're listening to the wrong podcast because my brain is broken and this one is just going to be a ramble across a few ideas a few things that have been poking out in the news at me, and I suppose, like it or not, a little conversation about where we are now as a society. Um, you may have watched the video cast with JB from Grand Magus. Um, recently, I've been doing a whole host of other interviews, backed up and ready to go, some very interesting people. But the preamble to most of these discussions is, you know, a couple of paragraphs a small discussion about where each country is the inhabitant of that country jb was in sweden and prior to the videocast or prior to the where we started with our conversation at least that you guys heard he discussed a bit of how sweden is open not open in relation to lockdown and it just seems it would seem rude of me not to mention that the irish government have decided to push out our level 5 strictest lockdown it would seem until Easter. Um, no particular explanation, no particular explanation of where the money is coming from to endlessly furlough small businesses and people. I presume there's going to be after some form of debt forgiveness. Maybe it's some Mephistophelian plot. Maybe we have truly sold our souls to something diabolical. I don't know. I don't know. But certainly with cases and numbers at the level they were arguably last summer when we were in level two and three and enjoyed some forms of freedom. Things are the same now, only we're in five. It looks ominous, my friends. It looks ominous. Um, Of course, after a whole year of isolation, it's interesting and odd and debilitating and depressing to look back at where I started with the podcast. And almost all of the things that I said may come true seem to have come true. Now, some, of course, by blunder, uh, some by design. Who knows? And it's still very difficult to tell what is, as I stated before, a botched response by a broken system and what we could possibly subscribe to something more Machiavellian. Um, it is very difficult to say. and But at the same time, as my friend often said um, you know what matter the silhouette on the horizon be a zebra or a horse with his crazy analogy or whatever you want to call it um, if the silhouette is the same i.e. right now we are where we are um, in Ireland the strictest level five lockdown means nothing open but grocery stores so that's basically it of course the lip service that we got in our budget towards the arts means nothing in lockdown etc so what am i gonna do am i gonna you know am i gonna go through all of these dark machinations again discuss gloomy dark things a couple of people said to me oh you know i find the podcast hard going sometimes and i said well you know it's not fantasy um, i'm not here to entertain even if i do so inadvertently sometimes i'm not here to distract you from what's going on outside Uh, At times, yes, at times, no. Sometimes it feels like a therapy session that I'm only involved in, my own struggle session. But um, I think what people seem to enjoy, or at least I feel they do resonate with with the podcast, is that it is a bit all over the place. That one week it can be an interview with somebody, the next it could be something serious, the next it could be silly accents or silly tour stories. But I have to admit that overall mood has been low. The mood has been low. January in Ireland is about as low as you can go anyway. So multiply that by times 10 through terms of self-isolation or whatever else. Um, Gyms are not open. Sports are not open. um, The locks on sports pitches make complete sense, obviously, when you consider uh, the public's mental health, which no one seems to be really considering other than the public themselves, but certainly not our elected officials seem to be bothered with it, or at least helping it in any way. But am I going to spend the whole podcast bitching and moaning about the lockdown? Well, partly, partly not. Partly, partly not. So I'm going to go through a couple of observations about things that I've noticed in the news, things people have asked me um, here now in episode 43. First of all, I would like to draw your attention to hate couture, or E 616com Hateful yet tasteful apparel. If you want to go over there and use the promo code Alan, you will get free shipping. Lots of cool, nasty t-shirts, evil stuff, inverted cross bottle openers, all sorts of things that you, you surely need. You surely need heavy metal accoutrement. Somebody asked me, what did I think of John Schaefer? What did I think of John Schaefer? Oh, dear John Dear John, if you don't know who that is, John Schaefer is the guitar player of a band called Iced Earth, I suppose a power metal band. Before, power metal bands were totally hip and cool, were they ever? No, not really. But we could say this has been his most, um, that it's his most exciting release in decades. I suppose we could say that if we were being a little bit cheeky. John was the guy who was photographed, um, raiding Capitol Hill, um, angry-looking dude with a beanie on, with a big white beard, with his hand gesticulating out, and somebody said to me, "What did I think of it? Would I talk about it? That kind of thing." I mean, if you've been listening to the podcast, you'll know that I described the Capitol Hill um, scenario as about high farce and high treason. It seemed to encapture and encapsulate everything about twenty twenty in one photo in one exercise in one moment Um, that people called it uh, a coup seemed to me to be over the top I mean you don't bring your grandmother to a coup and at least if we look back through our understanding of history and apply the word coup to I don't know Chile or Iran or Middle Eastern countries or South American coups this certainly didn't have the feeling of that And certain commentators, of course, jumping on it to proclaim it. This generation's 9-11 and all these kind of over-the-top superlative descriptions were far, far, far from the mark. But certainly it was very, very serious and a dark day for American democracy. But like I said, do you bring your grandmother to a coup? I don't think you do. Or maybe you do. Maybe you do in 2020. Maybe that's the best way. Maybe that's the biggest troll of them all in 2020. But John Schaefer uh, was photographed um, at Capitol Hill and immediately became persona non grata. I would imagine would have been dropped from festivals if there had been festivals or if there will be festivals. Um, So I suppose he picked a good time to do what he did in the sense that he ain't going to be cancelled for much, really. And if any of you have been following his odd um, endeavours on GoFundMe, on YouTube some very strange something like a vampire opera um, reading Bram Stoker's Dracula set to acoustic guitar with power metal uh, acolytes having thrown tens of thousands of dollars at John to produce these well, quite frankly very strange vampiric acoustic spoken word operas. High, high farce as well if you go and take a listen to them but it got me thinking about the fact is that do we need to agree with the artists that we like? Do we feel that we need to agree? I would contend not. I would always contend not. Of course, you would expect me to have that contrarian position to not agree with having to to hold the same beliefs as the artists that we like. I mean, it was clear, poor old John, 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 should have worn a mask, eh? Should have left your phone behind this is one thing going forward as you've probably listened to me in the podcast talk about things like the idea of your electronic biometric passport sick of talking about the same thing yep, you and me both but if these things are correlated through your GPS, through your phone which of course we have the technology to do we had it years and years ago it's been used in um, crime cases, solving crimes for years the technology is there to place you anywhere. I mean, anecdotally, how often have you stood looking in a shop window at something, well, when shops were open, and then an hour later, when you go home, found a shop or an ad for that shop in your Instagram. So look, your phone is your tracking device. If you are going to riot, my friends, maybe leave your phones at home, which means, of course, you can't get that protest selfie and you can't get that protest Instagram bump, but that's the payoff for getting out on the streets. And poor old John probably should have been on the other side, right? At least wearing a mask, at least leaving your phone behind. So John paid, or will pay, I suppose, the ultimate price for not being on the other side. It's, It made me, you, you know, think about how many Cascadian, Portlandian black metal bands or anarcho-black metal bands were involved in protests and riots on the other side. And what a clever idea... Those young men or women, or however they may identify, were to wear masks. So, poor old John got done for that. What do I think about it? Well, like I said, it got me thinking about, do you need to agree with the politics of Varg to like Burzum? Do you need to agree with the ideas of historical artists? Do you need to agree with Johnny Cash? Do you need to agree with um, Ian Curtis, Do you need to know the inner dark workings of the mind of John Lennon or their attitudes towards women or any of these things? Do we need to agree with the artists that we like? I always loved Trouble, who were confirmed and committed do metal Christians. Did it mean that I had to subscribe to their belief structure? No, it certainly didn't. It certainly did not. And so is there a problem now with liking Iced Earth? Certainly not for me. I mean, you choose that... Yourself, If you feel that um, what John Schaefer did means that you can't listen to them anymore, okay, be that on your own head. But demanding that they be removed, cancelled, all those kind of things, I think is, again, submitting to the censorious nature of modern cancel culture. Make the decision yourself, but don't decide to make it for others. Now, I will admit something, I suppose, that is um, a little bit more difficult these days and that is that I'm a big Inquisition fan and in fact I love the new Inquisition album. It's one of my favourite albums of the year and if you don't know the story behind Inquisition, I'm not going to go into it or the details of it but you can look it up for yourself and make your own judgement. And did it stop me for a moment before I played the record? Yes and no. I did think about it. I did think about what it might represent um, but at the same time do we ask our artists to to be anything more than the music that we take in I suppose we do I suppose some people do I suppose some people don't it's very difficult and certainly I said to a friend and um, you know you should really check out that new album And he just said no not a chance and you know what I respected that that's his stance he didn't say to me oh I can't believe you listen to it uh, that was my choice also despite how we may feel about the circumstances surrounding the band, it's a gray area and it's a gray area for you to navigate for yourself. That's my point is that if you decide you don't want to press play on that new album or you wanted to get rid of your old albums or whatever, that is your prerogative. If you wanted to keep them and press play, that is also your prerogative and not my place to stand in judgment over that decision. We have, after all, courts of law who have already made those decisions. But I agree. It's a complicated moral choice. But one I'll leave you with to decide upon your own devices or however may you wish to judge it. Like I always did wonder that maybe if, let's say for argument's sake, let's say that Gary Glitter was Michael Jackson. Um, You saw the way people tried to deal with the accusations against Michael Jackson and still find a way to listen to and love his music because whether you like him or you don't, those early 80s records have some element of genius to them, at least as I understand it from the people who love them and I can recognise that myself. Whereas whereas maybe it's easier to dismiss a Gary Glitter figure who was, you know, a ridiculous pastiche glam rock figure from the early 70s um, and so he wasn't David Bowie. Maybe if those roles were reversed it would have been harder for people to set aside the music and just judge him solely on his actions. If you don't know any of the, any of these people are do, you do your own googling, do your own googling but I think it's maybe easier to set things aside when the music it would appear we've reappraised as having no substantial worth but yet then people are in a moral quandary when it comes to as I said uh, a figure like Michael Jackson. How do you how do you how do you reconcile what he was accused of against the music that he made? I guess that's, again, that's up for you to decide. That's how I would view it. You know, the most extreme example of this in the last couple of years, at least to me, was the Eagles of Death Metal, who, as we all know, were playing that night in the Bataclan in Paris. Um, I think off the top of my head, 129 people were killed at their show. If you read some of the what they say are the suppressed reports, the police reports of what happened, then it seems like an abattoir, an abattoir of people, which this guy, Jesse, um, forgive me, Jesse, I cannot remember your surname, of the Eagles of Death Metal uh, witnessed, witnessed with his own eyes, the slaughter of his own fans, and subsequently became quite interested in gun ownership. Who knew? Who knew? You put those two things together, it makes sense. And then some people had the temerity to try and cancel the band from French and some European festivals afterwards when he came out as being pro-gun, pro-gun lobby. And I suppose um, he became Republican. Maybe he was Republican before. I don't know enough about the guy, but certainly I would have thought witnessing 129 of your own fans slaughtered before your eyes uh, would allow you, maybe, to have a few opinions about gun and gun control that were beyond the pale for others. You might go, oh, okay, I can see why you might think that. But no, no, the moral minority had decided that old Jesse and his Eagles of Death Metal, silly name, silly name, um, were not going to play their festival if he was pro-gun. Like I said, overlooking a small little moment that evening in the Bataclan. Do we need to agree with the people in the bands we like? Do people need to agree with me? I don't think they do. I'm perfectly aware of the fact that my own observations, my politics, um, my opinions about life rankle with some people. And I wonder to myself, when I think about this, um, the fact that everything is so instant, um, we are all subject to instant gratification and judgment on social media the idea of there being due process or something is what we have left behind as a society so we instantly rush to judgment and it won't be long before people will be able to simply um replicate my voice and have me saying things if they could be bothered i mean who would really be bothered um saying things i did not say but the idea that we have to agree with all of the people the artists that we like But yet at the same time, I would speak to many of my friends, many people I know who would venerate the actions and deeds and words of 60s and 70s rebel outlaw rock and rollers. And you go, well, have you read everything? Have you read some of the views of Graham Parsons or um, Leonard Skinner or any of these people? I, I think you might find some of them disagreeable in a modern context. But yet we venerate the actions of an Iggy Pop, but yet we damn the actions of a KK from destroyer 666 it's like we forgot that rock and roll is not supposed to be something that is a blank page a blank slate that is just some anodyne clear process um through which everyone can agree on every possible point. Of course, the very nature of rock and roll itself fundamentally is supposed to be rebellious in nature. It's supposed to be antagonistic. And yet, do we have to agree with those artists that we like? I have iced earth records here. And um, admittedly, they stopped in some 1998 with something wicked this way comes. Still a great record, if you ask me. But if you look at some of the output from John Schaefer of the last 10, 15 years, it should come as no surprise that he was some form of a patriot, if we use that word. Now, it will have come as a surprise to see him um, storming Capitol Hill. Now, that was something of a surprise, and I wasn't really sure what to do with the image. I thought, oh, John, oh, John, you're in a hell of a lot of trouble, son. But someone asked me on the old Facebook, what did I think of it? And I thought to myself, how strange it is lately that many people I knew um, who I thought were liberals in the true sense of the word. And I use that word um, bracingly or with difficulty because I understand that libertarian means a certain thing in the USA that it doesn't really mean in Europe. Now, I would have always considered myself a liberal and that may surprise some of you, but not really if you dig down into the things that I've been saying. Um, but what I found very, very confusing, especially in terms of this situation we find ourselves in, in terms of this lockdown situation, that many people are who I thought were liberals and stood for freedom of speech or freedom of expression, turned out not to be so. There was always, there's become a caveat to that. Well, you can have freedom of speech, but it has to have its consequences. It's consequences. Right. Did Salman Rushdie, um, were those consequences? What if the consequences are um, Charlie Hebdo being shot for having freedom of speech? Oh, you can't always rush to the most extreme example. I see. The problem with this is um, that I find, personally, I'm something of a free speech absolutist because I think that the alternative is way, way worse. Now, saying what I'm saying doesn't come with pro- without problems. It has huge problems connected to it, uh, which I you know, freely would admit. But the idea that censorship or the censorious nature of cancel culture is the antidote for that would seem to me to be far, far darker and would be the prop, the prop, one of the legs of the stool of authoritarianism or tyranny. Because as I said before in the podcast, the only disinfectant, To bad speech is sunlight, so to say. certainly isn't to cancel somebody and make a martyr of them and drive those thoughts and ideas underground. So I really don't know because of the situation we are in with festivals. Is a John Schaefer allowed to continue with his iced earth? Certainly he was dropped from the Demons and Wizards uh, band he did together with Kai or Hansi Kirsch from Blind Guardian off the top of my head. So I don't know. But this incredibly um, censorious adjacent argument, um, you are this and that adjacent, as uh, a simple way of shutting down debate, the free speech debate, what does that even really mean? I'm not so sure I really understand it. I mean hip-hop itself, little of it that I know, but a brief dig into some of the lyrics and imagery, you will find plenty of sexism and homophobia and misogyny uh, latent throughout hip hop. Do you have to agree with that or do you just take it for what it is as something that exists within that music? Do you have to agree with the politics of black metal? I mean, I mentioned before how, you know, punks ruined black metal and black metal ruined punks. I mean, I'm being fatuous, of course, but the idea that um, punks got a hold of black metal, loved the sound of it, because let's be honest, in the mid 90s, there weren't much happening in that scene, but then didn't like the message. Um, didn't like the messengers and thought about changing it and that's okay you can have um, post-punk black metal you can have all of these different derivations of the genre but um, orthodox black metal they are not but that's not really the point here the point is do you have to agree with the varg to like Burzum, for example do you have to agree with me to like um, elements of primordial I don't think so I think you have to make a distinction between the characters on the one hand we ask people in bands now to be a character to be a presenter to be look at this doing a podcast talking in a room an empty room for 45 50 60 minutes we ask so many things of them but we also want them to toe the line with so many of their beliefs and attitudes and to not step out of line on a whole other set of parameters. No, I'm not condoning for a moment what John Schaefer did. I think it's pretty idiotic. Um, This much is very, very clear. And, you know, if we've learned anything from the past year, it's wear a mask. Wear a mask, my friends. But I don't think that it would constitute um, reason for cancelling an ice earth or cancelling a Mr. Schaefer out of existence because I think that the terms, there are legal... um, Constraints. There are courts of law to deal with what he did that I think will exact their own um, discipline or their own judgment on it. So I guess that was just a ramble across an idea that somebody asked me on Facebook to discuss. As you can probably tell, this podcast is going to be a little bit all over the place. Um, the last month, I'm sure many of you have been feeling pretty disillusioned, pretty demoralized as we've closed in on a year of lockdown i don't know how it is or how it has been in your in your city in your state in your country certainly in ireland in dublin it feels like we've spent the longest amount of time in the strictest lockdown right now there is only grocery stores open nothing else absolutely nothing else no pubs no shops i'm um, certainly no gigs theatre or comedy i'm making a youtube video about the state of the music industry right now and some other YouTube videos so would help me if you went over to my YouTube channel and subscribed and had a look over there and there's plenty of Zoom chats coming up with other people but certainly the recent um, spat in the EU over the vaccination process kind of reminded me of old times didn't it you had Ursula von der Leyen um, the head of the European Commission trying to sort of, as I could see it from my the end of my screen and the end of my algorithm, certainly trying to exert some force and influence over the UK and Brexit. Um, and there was a bit of, you know, there was a bit of slapping on the wrists going back and forward. But the attempt by the EU to erect a hard border across the north of Ireland was quickly withdrawn. Um, somebody somewhere... I'm sure at a table or in a subcommittee went um, there was a f- few problems with that for the last few decades wasn't there Wasn't there some problems in the north of Ireland um, uh, yeah they were bombing and shooting and killing each other weren't they um, Ursula maybe not the best idea to pour, try and put a hard border across the north of Ireland I'm being flippant maybe I'm allowed to because I'm from Ireland but It showed the EU within the kind of mess and the disarray that we had thought before all of this happened. And it clearly showed, I think, the mess that Brexit um, left behind. Um, You know, it left its dirty dishes in the sink for the pandemic to clean up because certainly the EU or the UK was able to forge ahead with its vaccination process and streak out way ahead of all the others and then there became this huge internecine struggle and argument over which vaccine would be allowed which vaccine was okayed to be for the under 65s to this that the other I'm treading into murky water of course because I'm you know it's just an opinion about these things but certainly certainly there was an element of the bickering that was happening within the EU about the process and the numbers and the percentages that reminded me and anyone else of old times and therefore cast a long shadow over the idea, of course, that if you've been listening to my Great Reset episode, that there was a, um, a grand umbrella of a plan for this whole thing as you just watched the process unfold with a hell of a lot of childish bickering. In a way, I suppose... For those people who wish to see conspiracy, um, and I use that word lightly, because I don't. I think that conspiracy theory, as a phrase, is often used to shut down debate and argument over things, um, and is used by people who haven't really looked into things to just shut them down. Of course, some things are completely heinous and over the top, but I think you have to take each individual discussion on its merits rather than just apply that those two words to things that nobody really bothers to look into but the idea the idea that the EU descended into farce over this should maybe in theory somehow be of positive news to those who want to see conspiracy theory in this whole thing because it showed the lack of leadership the lack of togetherness and let's be honest if there was some Machiavellian foot a plot it showed that this wasn't being implemented to the full regimentation of its evil order, however that may sit with people who believe all those things. Um, certainly, for me, it showed that there was confusion in the ranks. Now, whether that's good or not, obviously it's it's bad if you're if you're sick and you need a vaccination, you need help. Then it's or you've got elderly relatives who need the vaccination and who need to get things moving and to get society back on its feet then these are bad things of course they are bad things but again the chaos maybe is a small indicator a small element a small signpost on the road to um disproving the globalist agenda theory i'm not so sure i'm not so sure i guess we have to we have to see Either way, trying to erect a hard border across Northern Ireland with, let's be honest, tens of thousands of angry, bored young men either side of the border now out of work would seem to me to be a fool's errand. And now maybe some young civil servant in the EU had to call Ursula back from her Temple of Baphomet and her mid-afternoon satanic worship and go, I don't think that's such a good idea. Really? All things considered, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, who knows? We can watch our Ursula make the opening speech and delivery to the World Economic Forum on YouTube. The Great Reset that I spoke of. And who knows whether that's just window dressing where she's just like, Oh God, it's Klaus on the phone again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Ugh, we have to go through all this rigmarole again, you know, this drama, this theater, this whatever. Who knows? We don't know. We don't, again, we're still in the dark as a society about what is malign and what is benign. And I said that 42 episodes ago, that the attempt to sense-make is what is breaking people's brains. Of course, it is also the isolation. It's also the terms of lockdown. It's also the lack of humanity in the period we find ourselves living in but again trying to figure out okay on june the 10th we move to here and go back to this and people are allowed to have these things who knows who knows we have lost our ability to sense make because we've been pushed to the edge of understanding the edge of our own sanity 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 where art thou so I should now mention the second ad read, which is metalblade.com if you're in North America. Just put the promo code Podcast and you can get 10% off. Metal Blade, F- over 40 years of heavy metal history. Have a listen. So I did say that I was making a YouTube, I guess, a top 10 reasons why musicians are in Shit's Creek or whatever. Of course, in the true tradition of BuzzFeed. Um... And the fact that, you know, most musicians are now being corralled into the position of content creator or creator. So there will be some discussions about the music industry over on my YouTube channel, and I will post them here as podcasts. But like I said before, like I said before, one of my, you know, one of my very existential worries about this whole situation is that where does this leave art culture where does it leave comedy music and theater I've tried to have these discussions with people and many people have been just unwilling to meet me halfway on viewing this current situation as the how shall we say that the hammer is about to fall and those old legacy systems. Legacy systems, I've mentioned this before in the podcast, but legacy systems are, I suppose, the idea that certain methods of living are outmoded and belong to the past. And could rock and roll, could the very things that have brought us together most likely in this podcast, i.e. the making of music, the going to gigs, festivals, our scene at large, could this situation be something of the death knell for that scene. Now, I'm not entirely ready to agree with that or give up on that, but certainly having the discussion or trying to have the discussion with people has been very, very difficult. It's clear that what the arts represents has just been little more than lip service, has been paid to it by the institutions of state and government. And it is one of the things that I think is most scary to me. Scary is not the right word, but it fills me with a form of dread or a form of existential dread. The idea that every form of expression that may happen um, moving forward, if we keep rolling through these terms of lockdown, keep rolling through these terms of new rules and new restrictions, um, the idea is forming that anything that is going to be held or any event that's going to happen will have to go through state forms of validation. So therefore maybe you want to do your, I don't know, let's call it your anarcho-punk all-dayer. All All it takes is for the institutions of the state, let's say in 6 or 9 or 12 months time to go, I'm sorry that venue doesn't meet our health and safety requirements. And therefore under under those terms, under that guise literally everything and anything can be cancelled. Whether it's A protest you want to hold out on the streets can be cancelled for health and safety reasons or any form of, um, as I said, artistic expression like an art exhibition or let's talk about um, gigs, about the thing that has brought all of us together here. The reason why you're probably listening to me, whether it's buying the records that I've made or it's because you've seen the band live or all that kind of thing. It feels like a long, long time ago. It feels like another life looking back to playing gigs and it is true there is a form of existential despair almost like missing a limb almost without being over dramatic about not being able to do any of those things we were able to do before but if the terms of the these restrictive manners on society if we prize health and safety over everything everything then that realistically does mean that the only forms of Self-expression or artistic expression moving forward, it will be moving forward will only be those validated by the state, and if the platforms that are employed by the state or the umbrella um, technocracy that may uh, shield us all from all of the evils of society or whatever you want to say, I'm being facetious, of course. um, Am I am I irritating you all yet with this rambling nonsense podcast? Probably, probably. Bear with me, bear with me. It's been a tough month. It's been a tough month. What I'm trying to say is that the freedom to just organise your own shows, the freedom to do your own thing, the freedom to go, okay, we're going to put this band here, we pay for them to come over here, that could, in theory, be gone. So therefore, that means that every venue, every event will probably be prone to some form of health and safety regulations. And if they are decided or deemed to not be to meet those requirements or something like this, then they won't happen. Also, we have to also understand that we're maybe entering the death throes of insurance companies. Uh, Insurance companies will not want to pay out for anything and they certainly won't want to insure premises that are not meeting all of the health and safety requirements. I'm going to talk about this in my YouTube video about venues and how they move ahead in terms of booking tours or trying to um, stay in business. But the fact is that insurance companies are not going to want to insure the local venue around the corner from you if it's some dingy basement bar with a venue in the basement without the right ventilation and the right this and the right that. And even still, maybe that tick doesn't come in the box to allow them to go back to work, to go back to business. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm being too pessimistic. I hope so. Like I've always been saying throughout these podcasts, um, I hope to be wrong about my pessimism, about my negativity, about all these kind of things. But, you know, like I said, the Irish state just added six more weeks of lockdown on top of the lockdown that we're in. And pretty much everything I said that was going to happen, Has sort of happened. Now, of course, I still hope to be wrong about what happens in the summer or after the summer, but I think people do really need to be very worried. And I find there's very little space in people's um, grey matter for this kind of existential worry when you say to them, hey, there might not be art. (laughs) And that sounds like a crazy sentence, but there might not be the forms of art as you knew. They might just be viewed as Um, you know archaic legacy systems that just well they have to go in the new world of health and safety the gigs that you knew just don't happen and so therefore that means that you are moving into some form of ultra nobody wants to hear me really say this but ultra communist or ultra fascist society on those terms when you say that the only art allowed is that validated by the state I mean I mean that sentence alone should really, really worry people. Is it going to be that you're only going to be able to see, as I said before, Bruce Springsteen for 250, 300 euro to stand in your corralled pen and be brought your beer and then shuffle out at 11 and thought, oh, it's just how great to see the boss play his sentimental schlock? I'm, um, I'm so, I'm, I'm so lucky to be able to see that. I digress, but. Is that really any different from in North Korea, only being able to go and see a North Korean opera? Mildly, mildly, I would say. And that's one of the things that we've been sort of joking with, the idea that somehow where we're living, is it, we were doing this debate the other day, is it worse or is it better than living in a satellite communist city in 1986 or 87? Well, you know, you might not have the gulag and the military police yet. Um, But at least in, um, I don't know, let's pick a city, Belgrade, Bucharest, Budapest. At least in those countries in 1988, you could go for a a beer or something to eat, I suppose. You could go and see some underground Hungarian metal or punk that happened in the venue before the police raided it. Can you do that now here? Absolutely not. And that brings me... um, to a discussion I was having on my YouTube channel, actually, where a friend of mine said, you know, all of this could be good for the metal scene. It could all be good for the metal scene because it'll force people to go back underground to do underground shows, to um, be inventive and find ways around the problem. Now, of course, for somebody like me, who's so used to Primordial being um, a band that plays throughout the world, the idea of being restricted to a barn somewhere in the midlands of Ireland um would make me want to uh, bring a noose for the rafters afterwards but you know that may be on the cards who knows just yet um you know you can play this back at your leisure in the in the in the future and go aha he predicted his own demise no what i mean is that I heard and have heard this argument from a few people in the last few weeks. And I, I think it's it's born of the frustration they're feeling at the situation. And they're like, the underground metal scene has to return. A Dutch friend of mine, she was saying something similar on a Zoom chat. The metal scene has to go back underground to survive. And therefore, if you're on an island like Ireland and you're going to try and be an artist or a live music artist now might be a time to try and get off the rock for a while. Who knows how what the situation will be in terms of flying and being allowed to enter and non-enter countries, and you know all of these things we still don't know. The music industry is still just like holding the bags, not ready whether to unpack them, to throw them away, to fling them off the you know off the prow of the ship into deep waters, or what to do with them yet. But my friend posed an interesting question. He said, well, this may force the metal scene to get um, experimental, to get creative again. And I just thought to myself, you know, 10 years ago, I would have accepted that comment, even five years ago. But now, when we already see the first signs of, for example, Irish phone companies giving over um, GPS data to the police. Now, I, they did this in, the, in a small case with a few people they were searching for. Now... I understand that that is a rather extreme example. Um, it should scare people, but if we are living under um, a form of lockdown where you are not supposed to leave your five kilometre radius, that's what we have in Ireland, and there's no huge road, trip, road trips off into some other dreary Midland County here happening right now, um, at least not legally. But my point is that Could you have a gathering of 40 or 50 people uninsured in a basement venue somewhere in a barn in an invite only place and have them all bring their mobile phones and therefore all be correlated and analyzed as a health risk when they gather? This isn't science fiction. This isn't dystopia. This isn't um, far future. This is here right now already if it gets implemented so as much as I'd like to think that the metal scene can bounce back and find its own way to survive if you listen to the podcast with Anton from Criminal from Pentagram he discusses organising and playing gigs under Pinochet's Chile in the 1980s um, you know his story is amazing you should go back and listen to it if you haven't Pentagram um, realistically should be a much more cult band with a K than it is and um, but his story is fascinating yet at the same time i think that in a country as huge as chile if people were wanted to um, if people wanted to hold a secret secret gig then they probably could and it was up to the police to find it i don't know now i'm probably talking about something that is considered by most people fundamentally very illegal no i am talking about something a year away, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe it's just hypothetical. It's just a discussion. Well, it's not really a discussion, is it? It's just the rantings of a madman in an empty room. But what it is is the idea that something, that somehow, a scene, an art form, a music, on in underground can survive um, in these in this society that we are living in right now, or the society we are entering, and that is one where you're sold the idea that you will have no privacy. I mean, that's part of part of the Great Reset's um, principles. I mean, it's something they state. They also state, we're going to go to Mars. So, meh, <laughs> who knows? Like I said, uh, could just be more rambling, insane ramblings, or do we take it at face value? Who knows? Like I said, if you've been listening to the, if you listen to the podcast about it, I think I tried to hold the line between either elements of dismissing it or taking it too seriously. But either way, it's clear that our um, everyone knows that they discuss something in earshot of a phone. Um, they will get ads for those things within an hour. They, you know, they they are tracking and listening devices. We know this. We knew this years ago. So the idea that somehow you could have an underground secret show take place, but also yet have the entire thing correlated by everyone's phone somehow and to also not have people film it take pictures of it i mean we see this throughout the lockdown um people who are flaunt the rules then post pictures of them flaunting it on instagram highly paid highly paid professionals footballers um posting pictures of oh, i just got a tattoo it's like you know that it's not really what you're supposed to do but the re- the ability to resist the urge to post it on our socials or to post it on our socials is huge and i think too difficult for most people to resist and that sort of returns me in a roundabout way to the beginning of this ramble the idea that um the idea that our boy john and people protesting very often seem to be doing it for the instagram photo we've seen um, you've probably seen photos of this. You've probably seen the footage of AOC screaming at the fence dressed in white, but it's an empty car park. You know, it's all about photo ops, ops, photo ops. Um, and so the same for Instagram influencers, those kind of things, those kind of people. The idea that the protest is the backdrop for your, uh, your own form of narcissism, your own form of virtue signaling your own form of covering your own tracks whatever it may be you've seen these videos of Instagram influencers um, driving by in a car getting out um, putting on a mask and joining the protest for like 10 yards getting their video shouting something and then getting back in the car and driving away that says more about modern society like I said the idea that that you bring your grandmother to a coup just seems to me to be extraordinary extraordinary my third ad read is if you're into role-playing games or PGs, um, if you ever play Dungeons & Dragons, then you want to go to lamentationsoftheflameprincess.com. L-O-T-F-P dot com. Use the promo code 4As and you'll get two free books on top of the three that you order. Ain't my thing, the Dungeons and Dragoning, but... I do know plenty of secret secret gamers out there and anybody I've showed the books to has absolutely loved them and been really blown over by the quality of them even I have I have even if they mean little to me and my grumpy brain in 2021 so my friends so my friends that is the end or we are nearing the end of episode 43 Sometimes I forget which number we're on. Um, but I do thank you for all your messages and correspondence. It seems like the podcast grows exponentially. Um, every other episode, I see a big growth in numbers um, and people messaging me saying it's helping them, that my ramblings are whatever, honest or meaningful or whatever want else you want to apply to them. And thank you very much for all of that. And also some people message me um, saying they disagree with some of the things that I'm saying. and that's also great because what it shows is that the, the interaction isn't that polarized that people who disagree with some of the things that I say don't want to get in touch to make their opinions known to somebody who is essentially who is essentially an ost- ostensibly a stranger. Um, Don't presume you know me because you listen to me, I suppose, even though the wisdom of putting out 50 minutes of your own thoughts every week into the ether to be taken every which way by whoever may listen would seem on the surface to be a nonsense of an idea or at least um, somewhat intellectually misguided. But this is the world we live in now. It's either that or go insane, I suppose. But I do really appreciate people who get in touch to tell me that they disagree. Um, And it does keep me on the mental straight and narrow. Every now and again, somebody sends me a link and goes, Alan, Alan, think about that a bit more. Think about that. And I do. And I really do appreciate it. But if people want to DM me, give me a point about some things they want me to discuss or move into. Like I said, this episode's a ramble. This is a bit of a ramble across different things. It's been an unfocused month. And I know that people are finding it difficult to cope. And I'm not... I'm not excluded from that. But I've been collecting some very interesting video chats, some very other talking to some other very interesting people, and those will continue, and so will the ramblings, but also some more focused discussions, some more historical figures. I will finally get round to finishing the things that I promised to finish before the end of last year. However, that's it for episode forty-three. I'm Alan Averill. This is Agitators Anonymous. Um, stay safe, stay strong, and stay sane. Metal never bends, my friends. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part?